Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to our 20th podcast of Wear Many Hats. Um, very excited today. We've got another special episode for you. Today, we're going to be talking about the dark arts of fabric and PPM. And I'm pleased to be joined today by Oliver Davies of Darrant Valley Building Services, also known as DVBS. Good afternoon, Oliver. How are you doing? Afternoon, Mark. Yep, good. Thank you. Great Thanks to have you. Me. Great to have you on the podcast. How's your day going? Good. Busy. Busy? Yeah. yeah. Feet yeah. in from running around the uh, city? I've got a lift to the station this morning. I've got the bus up to... Uh, to Bishopsgate, so oh, oh, fair play. <laughs> don't blame you, don't blame you. I got a blister on my feet after yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, um, absolutely fantastic to have you on the show. Um, so listen, we'll get straight into it and we'll we'll start off with yourself, learn a little bit yeah, about you, sure. um, and then we can learn a little bit about DVBS and those dark arts you're sure. involved in. Yeah. Um, firstly, tell us a little bit about your career journey in facilities management. And Yeah, so... Uh, I left college, um, did, a, did a business course at college, nothing to do with facilities management at all, obviously. Yep. Um, didn't know what I was going to go on to do at that mm. point. Um, my now wife's, my father-in-law reached out to me and he said um, we could do some holiday cover right through the summer. Yeah. Would you be interested? Um, so, so James, my father-in-law, is the, the sole owner of, of Hammond Group and Darren Valley Building Services. Right, so a real family business then? Uh, yeah, it yeah. was. It's uh, it's come on a bit. Um, right. So yeah, went in for holiday cover, and uh, here I am, twelve years later. So yeah, yeah most people in the industry didn't didn't know much about it, um, and yeah, that's how I got in. I fell into it basically. Absolutely fell into it. Yeah, as we all did. I think so. It seems that way. <laughs> seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for somebody to say I plan to do it. Yeah, studied. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. From four years old, I wanted to be a facilities management yeah. professional. Yeah, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, so you know, tell us a little bit about the sector that you work in specifically, um, and and how you manage those dark arts of yours. Sure. So, um, so so D Hammond Group, as I say, uh, D Hammond um, is. 40-year-old business, started out as a, as a project business, 1978, uh, set up by a chap called David Hammond, hence right. the, the D. Hammond. Um, I said, co, uh, the current owner, James, got involved in the business in 1992 uh, and then in, ended up taking it on in 1998, he bought the business. Right. Um, uh, continued to run it as a, as a project business, commercial project business. Um, and then, of 2008, recession hit. Bit yep. of crunch, um, so he looked to sort of diversify, so I could safeguard the business. Right, um, and they set up a, a maintenance division within D Hammond, so right. uh, sort of small works and maintenance business. So primarily fabric work, uh, reactive bits and pieces. Um, so it started in about two thousand um, and nine, and I joined in two thousand eleven. Yep. Okay. Um, so when I joined, it was just myself and a chap called Jonathan Cramp, who set the maintenance division up. Right. Um, so, so two of us working out of a, a loft space in, in uh, an office on Mel- Albemarle Street in Mayfair. Yep. Really small setup. Um, and yeah, I, I was doing everything at that point, all the administration. I was running our um, job logic system, which we still use today. Right. Albeit it's um, you know come on a long, long way. Yeah. Since uh, since then. And, and yeah, me and, and Jonathan, you know, worked really hard at growing the business over the next few years. Yeah. Um, to the point where 2015, we had 
I can't remember, maybe three three managers and some admin support. Mm. Um, and through the success of the maintenance division, we acquired Darren Fanny Building Services. Right. Um, which is or was a, a mechanical electrical business set up in 2000. Um, and the thought process was we would, we would take the small works and maintenance division out of Hammonds yep. and we would merge it into Darren Fanny Building Services to create um, an all-encompassing maintenance business. Right, okay. M&E and fabric services. I sort of saw a USP there. Yeah. Um, easier said than done. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> you know, acquisitions, mergers, uh, as the most right. people will know. Always quite tax tough. You know. Tough. Yeah. yeah. So, different cultures. And, mm. and actually, in reality, trying to trying to get that sort of thing off the ground was challenging. Yeah. How long... Uh, I think our listeners will find it quite interesting. How, how long did that take and what was the impact on the business at that time in terms of clientele and so on and so forth? I think it depends on who you're talking to. Right. Within our business. Um, I was still quite young at that stage. Yeah. Um, and looking back now, so that was sort of through my 20s, um, I was fully immersed in, in what we were doing. Yeah. And, um, quite narrow-minded really right okay so i was very focused on my little bit and yeah. i wanted to protect it at all costs right? yeah so um so it was essential that the the horizons broadened then really yeah. Yeah. yeah so a bit of personal growth there as well as professional growth would you say yeah yeah for sure oh, but, fantastic you know, a really good learning experience for me at a young age to go through that process but sink or swim wasn't it <laughs> by the sounds of it yeah 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 but in answer to your question i would say Somewhere in the region of three years. Right, okay. Yeah, which is a long time for, you know, a small business, really. Yeah, but I'm, I, I mean, I think the length of time is dependent on the processes that you put in place, isn't it? So, I mean, it's a big change, isn't it? It's a big sea change for any organisation when a new organisation with different ideas becomes a part of it. So it's, it's difficult to navigate. It takes time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's people. Yeah. That's, that's the challenge. And you know, people trying to safeguard their bit and their, their, you know, what's the agenda here and where are we headed with this? Yeah, yeah, which is understandable as well. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, I mean, it's a, I've been through a few acquisitions in my career and it is quite a, um, quite a worrying time, I think, if you're an employee. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's always going to be some kind of changes to the business in terms of personnel and who does what and so on and so forth. So yeah. you're kind of in that. It's, it's kind of a stressed environment, isn't it? It's, it is. it's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Good stuff. Okay. So if, you know, as, as an organization, it's, you know, great to see that you guys are growing. So in that time period from when, um, you know, you were working in that small office in Mayfair, you know, from what, what size has the company started at and got to say now in, in 2023? Okay. So looking at Darren Valley, uh, rather than the group as a whole. So we'll yeah. leave, leave the Hammond aside, um, as the project business. So when I joined in 2011, it was, um, so we look at the maintenance business in isolation. Yeah. 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 Um, so the maintenance side of the business at that point was probably half a million, something right. like that. Yeah. So small scale. Yeah. Um, at the time when we acquired Darren Valley, it was prob- probably in the region of about 3 million. Right. You know, which, you know, I would say is, is a decent amount of growth in that time, mm. uh, sort of four years. Right. Um, 
and we're sitting here today at just just shy of eight million. Wow, the maintenance business. That's yeah. really really good. Yeah. So, so what what drove that growth was is, is it an active sales team or is it more organic growth through word of mouth and so on? Uh, well, obviously the acquisition. Mm. Yeah. So 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 acquiring Darren Felly bolted on um, a level of, level of growth. Yep. Um, but also just through through client relationships and nurturing them and, and through service delivery. Really. Yeah. Um, we are very fortunate with our client base. We are in with what I refer to as tier one managing agents. Right. Fantastic. You know, so the household names or the names that we're all familiar with. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's cr- it created a lot of opportunity for us. So service, responsiveness. Yeah. And um, maintaining those relationships. Yeah. So how did the business manage the growth then? Did you have to, you know, bring in new personnel, look to integrate them into the business to ensure there are smooth transitions? Um. What did we do? So at, at senior level, uh, James took the role of managing director right. for Darren Valley. Yep. Um, and also for Hammonds. Right. So he ran the two side by side. So yep. that gave us sort of stability and continuity. Yep. And then, you know, we, we brought in a, a finance director. Yep. Um, and then other than that, it was sort of operational level management, contract managers, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so you're not. We didn't really bring in. It wasn't a great deal of change in terms of personnel. Right. Okay. No. And how has the culture of the business changed in that time? Has, have you noticed a shift, or have you managed to to, to maintain the culture of the the early days? Um. I guess the you know coming coming from my background, which was. The small works and reactive maintenance. Mm. Um, I guess the culture shifted slightly to be a bit more reactive. You know, a bit more sense of urgency. Um, yeah, and, and bringing in some younger people into the team. Yeah, um, yeah, probably create a bit more of a fast-paced environment. Yeah, a bit of enthusiasm. A bit of enthusiasm. Not to say that yeah. there wasn't enthusiasm there before. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think, you know, I say Darren Valley is a, a, a M&E. Yeah. Uh, Emily PPM contractor, I think that tends to be run at a different pace to the so reactive, um, okay, small work side of things. Fantastic. So, so moving on to the 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 industry on the whole, um, over the last five years, what what changes have you seen um, in your space in your world um, in terms of delivering services, winning new work, and so on and so forth? Um. I mean, compliance has obviously changed yep. a lot. Maybe, maybe not so much five years, but over the last 10 years. Yes. You know, so get involved in a lot of passive fire, stuff like that on the fabric side, fire yep. or compliance and fire stopping and what have you. You know, 10 years ago, people were just chucking in expanding yeah. foam, with fire yeah. foam everywhere. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Things like this, which uh, obviously has come on a long, long way. Um, was a lot of that driven um, particularly by... The um, the Grenfell incident, which was, I think, that accelerated it at yeah. that stage, but it was already um, moving in that direction. Yeah. yeah, right, sure. So, how's the industry changed? Um, you know, we've seen a lot of change in workspaces, obviously, and and how they're set up and people yeah. have flexibility. So, with it creates opportunity for for project work. 
Yep. You know, things are being fitted out and yep. turned around and changed quicker. You know, the long leases and what have you, that seems to be um, certainly changing. Um, we've got a higher expectation in terms of service delivery, yep. I guess. Obviously, ESG is massive. Um, that's probably one of the biggest biggest things that has changed and how people are looking at that. Especially in the last two years, I would say it's really become it's really at the forefront now. It is, yeah. So mm. we are um, Planet Mark certified. I don't know if you've heard of Planet Mark. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. And we've been working with them for about three years now. Right. Um, so obviously, we're probably not ahead of the curve, but we were conscious of on you know the ESG yeah, issue one, earlier on. One of the one of the one of the first to do it. Effectively, oh, yeah, that, I mean, you know, look at some other contractors, they were running electric fleets eight, ten years ago, or not, yeah. maybe not a whole fleet, but they run electric vehicles that long ago, yeah. And uh, you know, their USP was they're sustainable, environmentally yeah. friendly. This must have come on a long, long way since then, it's now yeah. affecting everyone, obviously. yeah, very much so, especially if you look at the heat wave that's taking place over in Europe at the minute, all that, yeah, yeah. So that's all that's all coming to the forefront, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Um, that's really interesting. So, a question that we like to ask is is, is around artificial intelligence, right? Um, because we, we kind of see that as being a bit of a game changer in multiple industries, um, over the next five years or so. How do you think that might impact your industry specifically, if um, at all? I, I certainly will have influence, without mm. a doubt. How it will have influence is a bit beyond me. It's not. It's not really something that I um, know too much about. Mm. Um, I know there's a lot. A lot's gone into sort of smart buildings yep. in the last few years. Um, so I'm sure that there'll be a tie-in with AI and and analyzing data and how yeah. you know, and that obviously ties in with ESG how to make buildings more yeah um sustainable um so you know, that's just one area maybe analyzing data how buildings are being used yeah um yeah other than that I'm not sure yeah do you think that would be do you think it'll be um a pro or a con or do you think it will help or hinder in in terms of your your world um I'm sure there's points for both to yeah. be honest, you know, if, if it helps towards sustainability goals, because you say you can analyze data and, and decisions can be made that much quicker or live. Yep. Um, so trend analysis thing. Trend like analysis, yeah. yeah. But you know, health and safety, again, yep. you know, analyzing data and um, decisions that could be made off the back of that. Right, okay. So, but as I say, it's not an area that I'm, I'm uh, overly familiar with. I'm aware that there's a lot of AI stuff going on and people talk about chat, GBT or whatever it is. And yeah, I've had a play with that, actually. Have you? Oh, it's actually quite good. Yeah. yeah, it is quite good. You can you can do some bits and pieces with it, but um, I think it could do far more than my limited capability um, can can get it to, to, to be quite frank. But um, yeah, I've seen some, you know, the, the, like the deep fake stuff and things like that. You know, it's, it's really quite interesting what that this could potentially do i think it's going to be i think it's going to be like the um the world wide web i think it's going to completely change um how how we do business and and i think it's also going to have to be monitored closely you know because i think it could create issues and problems and things yeah. like that there's that, a lot that, of coverage on that isn't there yeah that, you know that we can't i mean i don't think they're going to set off all the nukes and 
Arnold's going to come and do us in when we're in a nightclub. But <laughs> you know, it's, it's you never it, know. Well, 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 hopefully not, Ollie. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, lovely. So, um, what do you think the um, future landscape is? Taking AI out of it, just a, a standard scenario. What do you think the future landscape of sort of that fabric PPM world is going to be? Um, so, I'll be talking two two different things there. Yep. M and E PPM. Yep. Um, isn't particularly my bag. Obviously, that's not not a division that I head up. But right. I think that that again is going to be heavily focused on sustainability targets. Yep. Um, you know, there's this issue with EPC ratings coming in. Yep. And I think landlords mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, they're really going to have their work cut out to to make that work over the next five to ten years. Um, well, when do they come out? Out of interest, there's quite an interesting. I think it's 2030. Is it 2030? I don't know what the rating is that they need to hit. Right. Um, but I know that there's concerns around, you know, if buildings are leased, you know, whose responsibility is it to ensure that the EPC rating is is met? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that in itself is going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out and who's going to police it. Yeah. Um, but on, on the fabric side, we are seeing people now looking to um, put in sort of PPM regimes for building fabric. Right. Um, it's a relatively new thing. Yeah. Um, but we are being asked more and more to uh, to look at that. And, you know, it's a cost-saving exercise. You think if you've got a routine maintenance booked in um, for fabric, yeah. so someone runs around the building once a week and picks up a bit of painting or whatever, you know, and you, and you, you assess the cost of that against having to call someone out on a, on a reactive yeah. job each time. Um, and that's an exercise that we've undertaken on one contract, right? Uh, to sort of demonstrate value to the client. Yeah, you know, the mm. figures are quite alarming. Were they? You, what your spend would be if you did everything on a, on a reactive basis ad yeah. hoc, or if actually you do it um, through a planned maintenance really regime. Yeah. So was was that beneficial to the client? Uh, yeah, we haven't actually shown them the data yet, but I'm sure that they will be very happy. Well, yeah, I think so. I think it demonstrates excellent value. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, well, sh- shifting away from, from business for a minute, just trying to mix it up. Um, you know, what for you personally, Ollie, what, you know, what gives you enjoyment, either professionally or personally, um, that, that gets you going? Um, I, I love what I do. Yep. I absolutely enjoy what I do. Um, so I live, live and breathe work. I do to an extent. Obviously, yep. I make time for family and what have you, but... Um, work is sort of at the forefront and uh, I guess what makes me tick is if is when people in my team sort of share the same enthusiasm that I do yeah if I, if I see someone in my team showing that level of enthusiasm that for me is, is success right absolute success you know um, so that's what makes me tick if I feel like the people around me are, are fully engaged and um on board with what it is we're setting out to achieve. Then. Yeah. So you feed off that energy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It gives you a real, yeah, a real buzz. Oh, fantastic. What about personally? In uh, what's personally? Um, you can't work all the time, Ollie. Come on. No, of course. I mean, family. Yeah. Family. Got two young kids. Right. Um, and a dog. So yeah. It's hard work. It's full on. It is. I've, I've, I've got three and a dogs. <laughs> yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't have any any hobbies particularly right. in that sense. But yeah, fa- family, um, socialising, 
you know. Yeah. Follow any sports teams? Follow any sport? Have you got sport that's your favourite? Or no, not really. Most no. like motorsport. Right, on motorsport. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. There's a guy in the room that, that can chat your ear off about um, motorsport. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, so, moving back to your career, um, what would you? What would? What would be your greatest achievement um, from a career perspective in your mind? Greatest achievement for me personally, or for 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 us as, as a business. Why don't, why don't we do both personally and also for the business? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Start start with business. So, um, I say pre my time, but you know the, the business itself has gone gone through recession two thousand and eight, yep. and obviously took a decision to set up the maintenance side uh, and got got through that. Um, the, the acquisition of, of VBBS yep. in itself and, and, and taking that for the, the success of, of the small works and maintenance division that we set up or that was set up. Um, you know, coming out the back end of the pandemic. Yep. Again, you know, that was a really challenging time for everybody. Of course, yeah. Um, really worrying, you know. That yeah, I bet. Yeah. Your mind back. It's easy to forget now. We're no, no. Three years on, but. Yeah. Um, you know, coming out the other side of that mm. is, is is an achievement in itself. And yeah, you know, you look at staff retention. We got we got people in our business that have been there for sort of twenty five years. You know? Oh, that's fantastic! That's um, really good. Oh, that's great, Ollie. So, are there any other achievements um, for DVBS that you think our listeners would be interested in hearing about? Uh, yeah. So we touched on. Um, we've got about hundred sites under contracts on the M and E side. Yep. Um, and included within them some, some sort of trophy assets. So we are fortunate enough to have um, a royal appointment, a royal appointment, right? Um, and that enables us to work in a number of the royal households. Oh, fantastic! Which um, is a real feather in the cap. Obviously, can't disclose too much about that, of course. Um, but yeah, you can you can probably work out what those uh, trophy assets might be. Yeah, well, um, well then we'll certainly trust your organisation to, to 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 bring you into that loop. Yeah, well this this is just it. So, um, so it's a, it's a really um, a really good thing to have. Yep. Um, so in addition to that, we do do work for the Commonwealth, right? Uh, so we have a TFM contract with them, delivering soft and hard services. Right. Okay. Across, That's really interesting. Across two sites. Yep. Um, Again, can't divulge too much uh, on on that. It's all very secret, squirrel. It, this is well, it's just you know, don't, don't want to say too much. Um, of course not. But nice, nice to have. Very fortunate. Um, obviously, we work work hard for it and yep. uh, to to deliver service to retain. Yep. Um, and most recently, uh, last year we picked up um, a fabric contract. So slightly different. It's our only. Um, major fabric contracts is included in some of the smaller M&E. Right. But this is solely fabric uh, at 22 Bishopsgate for JLL. Oh, lovely building. Um, so, yeah, we got involved in there uh, in July last year. Right. Um, the team there, fantastic. Uh, chap there, Danny Lemon, who heads up heads up the building for JLL. Um, he, does, he does an amazing job. Um, right. You know, the way they drive culture in that place is... is um, yeah, it's something to be in awe of. To be honest, it's, I've uh, I've heard really good things about um, the culture within the building and yeah. how it's been quite innovative and progressive and things like that. So it's really great to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So to talk, talk about ESG, you know, they they absolutely believe in in driving positive culture, um, and they really put their money where their mouth is when it comes to that. 
So, yeah, credit to him. Uh, yeah, really, really good stuff that they're doing there, and great to be involved in it. You know, it's yeah. been a real eye opener for us as a small business. Um, yeah. So yeah, there we go. Yeah. So it's great to see that you work with some really key trophy asset locations and sites um, that, that really trust you to deliver the services. Yeah, I think it gives um, a perception possibly that we are a bigger business than we are. Yep. Um, which is interesting, but um, you know it's it's challenging but rewarding at the same time to be involved in these sites, and um, you know it gives us a, a good foundation. You said talking about scaling the business, um, having having these places under contract um, gives us a really good platform to do that. Yeah, I agree. It also gives smaller organisations hope that they can work with these type of organisations in the future if the service delivery is there and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely does. I mean, yeah. you know, the industry goes, it seems to go from everybody wants everything under one roof, TFM, yeah. and they go to the big TFM contractors and then they reverse that because someone wants to make a cost saving and then they go out. To, you know, yeah. It seems to be a bit of a cycle. Yeah, it's a five-year cycle, I think, Ollie. That's that's how I've factored it <laughs> over the last couple of so, years. You know, it's um, it's refreshing. Again, 22B, you know, they, they openly said that... Uh, they wanted to give us a shot as a smaller business. Yeah, um, a risk to them. I don't mm. think it was a risk because you know we know we know what we're doing. But yeah. um, I'm sure they they thought it might be a, a bit of a risk to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great to have that opportunity. Oh, fantastic! That's great. And then yeah, for me personally, again, probably people in the business and, yeah. and retention um, and getting that level of engagement out of, out of my team. Yeah, our team. Um, I, I would say that a low attrition rate um, across your, your, your team and colleagues um, is, is a very clear indicator of a good culture within the business. I think so. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, you know, we, we've had staff go. They, they tend to be more at sort of the more junior roles within the business, yeah. people that come in because of a friend of a friend or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, they've got other ambitions and they go off and, and do what they want to do. Yeah, um, they're, ju they're just passing through. Yeah, I think yeah, all businesses have them, yeah. Which is fine. But, you know, we're on a size now. I think we we are 50 people yep. directly employed and, um, you know, maybe 75 if you include people that are um, contracted, if you like. Yeah. Um, so when you've got that number of people, you're going to you're gonna um, see a few people come and go. But, but yep. generally speaking, um, staff attention is, is really strong. Okay. So is, um, I mean, I'm guessing because your, your attention is quite strong, you've probably got, um, quite good learning and development elements that you provide for your employees and good succession planning and things like that so people can develop their careers. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, I think yeah. so. In a lot of cases, yeah. You said they've had quite a few people come in um, and, and work their way up through the business quickly. Yeah. You know, come in at um, supervisor level and I think one chap in particular came in at supervisor level uh, sort of three years in and he's at sort of senior contract manager level. Oh, brilliant. Um, you know, and that obviously helps. Yeah. Um, with retaining staff to show that progression. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, if people can see it, they can aspire to it, can't they? Yeah. Um, which is really, really good. Okay. So, what lessons would you say you've learned um, from, let's let's say, a, a particularly difficult project you've been involved in, or? 
something that was that was quite taxing where you where you're like oh god how do we how do we figure this out you had to think different you had to be dynamic you had to come up with a different way of working um i'll go back to covid again yeah so so going into lockdown the sites were shutting up left right and center um so we furloughed a number of staff and it was all very uncertain you know what's what's around the corner um and we we ended up um making perspex screens for reception desks oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. what you actually made them yourselves well yeah for you know um yeah purchased the, the perspex which was like gold dust as you can imagine yeah, yeah i, rem- I remember so, i remember how bad it how hard it was to get hold of because yeah. everybody wanted it didn't they immediately yeah we need it within a week so get it here yeah it was a case of you know a couple of inquiries and I thought actually you know this could be a way of not getting through this but it's certainly going to help with yeah generate. and we did um so yeah that i mean that was rising to the occasion i guess and uh yeah and getting through it so did that keep you quite busy during that period then for a, a period of yeah that that was two years over covid yeah i can't remember at what point a couple of months in maybe Look, I mean, that, that just shows dynamism, doesn't it? That just shows that you were able to think outside the box, look at a different way to generate revenue for a very difficult period, whilst also providing a service that your clients really, really needed. Yeah, all, so, all that. Yeah. yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah. Okay, so look, you know, um, I'll call it DVBS now. Um, we'll, we'll drop the, the other mouthful. So what's what does the future hold for DVBS? You know, what are your plans? Where, where do you want to get to? So, so we've got quite ambitious goals to to scale the business. Yeah, um, we are looking to focus on on the PPM side, so yep. the M&E, and and get sites under contracts. Um, yeah, we have about a hundred sites currently, right? Um, but they are generally speaking of lower value, right? Uh, sort of smaller mobile sites. Uh, there's some trophy assets in there as well, that we're of course, to, um, which is great to have. But we, yeah, I say looking to develop that side of the business. Um, yeah. We don't currently have any static sites. Right. So that is probably, probably sort of the next step for us is to work towards getting bigger static sites. Yeah. Um, and scaling that side of the business. That's on the M&E side. And then, mm. and then on, say, my side, the, you know, the, the fabric side or non-contract as we tend to refer to it. Yeah. Um, again, looking for growth, but yep. um, not at the same rate. You know, it's yeah. um, manageable growth. Manageable growth. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't growth. impact service delivery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We've got good relationships that we want to maintain and uh, wouldn't want to jeopardize that by trying to move too quickly. I would say that's the best way to do business. I think some organizations do grow too quickly. And unfortunately, when that happens, um, service is impacted. Um, you know, and that's not what clients want. They, they want, you know, they trust you to do a job, to do it properly. Um, I would say, especially in the facilities management world, that they just want that assurance that whatever happens, you're going to be there and you're going to get it done. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I still get. I had a phone call last night, call out for a smash window in Brighton, and uh, oh, really, still, did, still get those calls. Did you go do it yourself? <laughs> Tempting when you see some of the figures coming in from the, from the suppliers, but um, right. But yeah, yeah, it's nice to nice to still get those calls and have those relationships. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, as, as someone said to me many, many years ago, um, love me or hate me, just never forget me. 
Yeah. You know, so I think if you stick in people's minds and you stick in their minds for the right reasons, you know, they, 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 it's reciprocal business, isn't it? They continue to come to you, which is. It is. I love, you know, I like, I like to think that, um, people come to us because we, we solve problems for them. Yeah. Uh, and we react. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what a, yeah, talking about growth, we don't want to lose sight, sight of that. I love yeah. If we try to grow, um, too quickly, then you, you could quite easily lose sight of that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. Okay. Um, so moving on to ESG. Yeah. Okay. Because ESG is, is a massive thing, um, across the facilities management industry. Um, and I think multiple businesses that op- offer different services are looking to try and find the, the best way to do it, to, to do it the right way, to, um, make sure it's not a box ticking exercise is probably the, you know, to make sure what they're doing is valuable. Yeah. Um, you mentioned planet market earlier. Is, is there anything else that, um, DVBS are doing from, from an ESG perspective, which our, in, our listeners might be interested in, in hearing about? Yeah. So obviously ESG, it's not just about sustainability. No. Um, you know, obviously social aspects, you know, we do, we do take all of it seriously. And I think a lot of people pay lip service to ESG, mm. even though it's, so prominent now yeah such a key part i still think it's a tick box ex- exercise for yep. for a lot of people um it's not for us you know we do genuinely believe in in, in what we're doing uh you know we've been running electric fleet since 2019 right. um on the social stuff we've set up uh mental health and well-being committees really you know, that, that, that we follow through with we have monthly meetings we organize events yeah group walks um social events right um, we are starting to work with a local charity, right, in Dartford, where where our office is based. Do, do you want to name check the charity or? Uh, no, no, I won't, I won't do. That's we'll fine. probably put some stuff out on socials. So, okay, um, there'll be some some things to see on that, right? Um, but it's you know James, who is now the chairman. So yeah, he's the, the sole owner of the business. Yeah, he does firmly believe in this stuff, right? Um, and he sees it through, so he's actively involved in. So he's taken the role of chairman now, so he's step step back, but he's still actively involved um, with the Planet Mark certification. Yep. He's actively involved and sits on the um, Mental Health and Wellbeing Committee. Right. Um, so, yeah, as I say, we don't just pay lip service to it. We do we do, do this stuff. That's well, great to see. I, th- I think you have to. I think it's, it's like anything. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Isn't it? And do it the right, do, doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I yeah. think is really important. Yeah. Okay. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, look, I, th- I think that's kind of every question um, that we wanted to, to to ask you today. Is, is there anything that we haven't touched on um, throughout the podcast that you think may be beneficial for our listeners to to hear about? Or, um, and I look back at my twenties when I was sort of fully immersed in in what we were doing, and. I think, you know, if I was to give advice to anybody, it would be to try and get your head out of a situation and have good self-awareness, yep. not to just be so immersed that you can't see the wood for the trees, as they say. Yeah, I look back on how I worked yep. through my 20s, and it was very much head completely entrenched in everything that was going on. 100 and, mile an hour. And yeah. I think if I had a slightly different approach and was a bit more self-aware, you know, it would have done me the world of favours at that point. Matt, do you think that impacted you negatively then? Uh, opportunities didn't happen the way you wanted them to, or certain things within work didn't work yeah, the way you wanted them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how I maybe dealt with certain situations, or, yeah. uh, as I say, it's just, 
being a bit self-aware, yeah. take stock, you know, get your head out yeah. um, and have a look around. To be fair, you were very young, though, Ollie, you know? Yeah, I was. And I, you know, I still struggle with things now. I sort of, yeah. You know. I mean, you're still very young now, let's be honest. Well, aren't you? I don't feel it. Don't feel it? Well, none of us do. No. <laughs> okay. Lovely. Well, listen, that, that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Ollie. Um, that's now the end of our 20th podcast um, where we focus primarily on a um, subcontractor provider um, for fabric and PPM. Um, I'd like to thank Ollie for coming on the show. It's been really thought-provoking and, you know, thank you for being so engaged um, and opening it up to us. Um, and, yeah, thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. Take care. Bye.